my listeners, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Be Kind and Listen podcast. This is your host, Jess. Thanks for joining me as we show kindness to others by listening to their stories of heartache and grief. Today's guest is my friend, Amira. I first met her when I was in middle school. She was one of my leaders in the youth group. She played a big role in the growth of my faith over the years. Amira, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Amira Desaw, and when I got married, I was 40 years old, and we had prayed that I would get pregnant on my honeymoon, and a miracle happened, and I got pregnant on my honeymoon. Um, In April 2015, um, I was pregnant with our son, his name is Creed Daniel Desaw, and um, at the 12-week mark, he went to the doctor to get everything checked out, and we were told by our doctors that our son had something called fetal acrania, which meant that the top of his skull did not close, which left his brain exposed. And um, our doctors told us at that point that this was uh, not compatible with life, and gave us several options. The option to abort, um, which I never in a million years thought I would ever entertain, but I did very seriously. Um, The option of carrying to term, um, or, you know, that was really it from a scientific perspective. But as Christians, we decided, you know, we have another option, that's to pray and to pray for a miracle. And so we did. And we believed with all of our hearts that God could heal Creed and would heal Creed on this side of the grave. And further scientific tests in the coming weeks proved that the miracle that we were asking for was not happening. And we became even more uh, unlike it became even more unlikely that it was going to happen. And, um, by the 16-week mark, I would say that I kind of um, just gave up on the whole concept of a miracle happening on this side of the grave and believed that God could heal, would heal him on the other side of the grave. So we still were wrestling with whether or not at that point do we just go ahead and abort because the question became, I was angry with God. Um, but one of the questions that I was asking is, what is the easiest and the fastest way out of this pain? Like, do I really have to carry to term? And I think the fastest and easiest way out was to go ahead and start over, just abort, start over. I'm 40. Um, I don't have a lot of time, and we know we want a family. And so we seriously considered that as an option. And um, the more and more Creed grew in my womb, he was, I mean, his heart was beating, um, and it was strong heartbeat, and his body was getting bigger and bigger. Um, everything on the inside was perfect. It looked great, with the exception of this very small hole that was starting to form, or that had was forming at the top of the skull, where it did not fuse together. And, um, you know, I was going back and forth in my mind, well, like, do I go ahead? Do we just... Do we abort or not? And, and we chose really at the 16-week mark that um, we would go ahead and carry the term for sure, knowing that 
We may not see this miracle. We probably will not, but we could enjoy every moment of this pregnancy. And boy, I did. I, I really loved being pregnant with Creed. We went to concerts together. I got to know him so beautifully. I um, could feel him kick every time you would hear his father's voice. Um, we went to football games, professional football games. Um, we had a wonderful, wonderful time with him grow as he would continue to grow. The 20-week mark, the um, 24-week mark right in that time frame, we learned that the fetal acrania was really what they call, had kind of morphed into something called anencephaly. And um, he, his brain started to grow on the outside now of his skull because everything was growing. And we do believe he could hear us um, because every time we spoke, especially Ty, when Ty spoke to him, he would kick, would speak, speak with him, he would kick. Um, but anyway, um, it became, it was a joy, I have to say. It was a joy to be pregnant with him. Um so we we continued on, um, and then I thought and prayed that the Lord would give us at least the opportunity to um, to see him alive when he we knew he was going to die, like at birth or very shortly after. Um, but because I was doing great with my pregnancy, um, the doctor said you'll probably carry the term. And there's a likely, it's likely that you would get to see him alive in your arms. And so I prayed that that would be the option that we would get to see him in, alive in our arms. And we were the 36th week or 37th week. I can't remember now which week it was, but they decided to go ahead and induce. And in the, because of my age being 40. And at the time then I was actually 41. And so when they induced, um, you know, as I was pushing, he actually passed away in my womb, and I didn't got, get to see him alive, and and that was completely devastating. And so um, it posed a great deal of questions in my heart. I asked questions like, you know, if if you believe in a God who is all powerful and sovereign over all the world. And at the same time that he's perfectly good and just, well, how could my son's story fit in that? Did did God abandon us? Um, I even ask questions like, why is it that some less deserving people seem to have healthy babies? You know, why why are we robbed of ours? And um, I wondered if it was an issue of a lack of faith that I kind of stopped praying for a miracle. At about the 16-week mark, and should I have continued to pray? Um, was it because I didn't do enough good things for God? Um, how did prayer fit in all of this? That was another question that I had because, you know, people would tell us you should pray for a miracle, and we did, but in the face of clear evidence that, you know, this wasn't going, this baby was not going to survive a diagnosis of anencephaly, um, we, we should still pray for that. Like, I just was confused even as to how I should pray. So we were in a desperate situation. And um, I have to say this. One thing that my husband and I did make the decision 
um, to do in, in the midst of our grief was that we were not going to take our grief out on the other person, no matter how entitled we felt to it. We were not going to be selfish in our grief and hurt the other person in it. Um, he was my rock and he created a, a blog, um, that really has, it's called Don't Waste the Pain and you could look it up on activerain.com. But that, that blog really did, um, communicate words when I couldn't speak. It was like my husband became my voice in many ways in that season of life. But I still wasn't getting any answers to my questions and my anger towards the Lord grew and, um, I I got to a point where I had called up a, an old friend of mine from a church that I was a part of when I was in New York who had been suffering from great migraines for three years and still has them even still to this day. And we were talking and she had posed an, an idea to me that I had never heard of before and that was the concept of don't waste the pain. And I didn't understand what that meant, but as she continued to talk about pain, she she brought me into Romans chapter 5 and Romans chapter 8. And I'm not going to go into that at this time, but I, I was reading those two chapters of the book of Romans. I started to realize how some, some areas of our lives that, you know, when we think of growing closer to God, it's rare that you're actually going to grow closer to God and and develop a, a more godly character when you get the job promotion or when things are going wonderfully in your life or when there's no problems at all and just everything is perfect. But that kind of growth is not, it doesn't really happen the way God designed us to, to become more like Christ through um, things that are to celebrate. It's usually things that bring pain and hardship where our character grows. And that's supported in the book of Romans and really in the whole book of Romans, actually. But um, I, it, I wasn't, I needed the pain. What she talked to me about, the concept of really being able to need the pain in order to make a bigger impact in the world, in order to make a difference. And... um Suffering and pain, it gives you credibility. Um, pain and God's blessings are not mutually exclusive. God, he uses our strengths and our skills, but it's our pain that really does produce um, a depth of our faith and a growth. In a, it draws us closer to others and it draws us closer to God. We get amazing opportunities to comfort other people in their pain when we have experienced pain. Um, I don't want to waste the pain. I did not, nothing of Creed's life was wasted. We enjoyed every minute of his life. Um, I'm learning a lot about this as I think more about like how loss can give a person more accurate understanding of their own limitations and that people who've experienced loss may be more grateful for the simple things in life, whereas people who have yet to experience great loss may take things for granted. Um, suffering and loss, it, it does, it 
it profoundly changes the perspective we have on the good things in our life. Also, I would say that, you know, with, with um, my frustration and the way I felt towards God, all the questions that I was asking, I, I do believe that all of that was normal, like to have that anger and to go through that season of life where I was um, questioning God's goodness. It, it allowed for me to really um, go deeper in Jesus's sufferings himself and what he experienced. Um, I just want to read one thing that Romans Paul talks about in verses one to four. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it, but it talks about since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we obtain access by faith into his grace, into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in what? In our sufferings. Why? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. It's just so important to remember that suffering does produce perseverance. So I do feel like we've become stronger as a couple. And I'm so very proud to say now I'm stronger as a mother. Because um, it may appear as if my story is redeemed on this side of the grave. My my son is healed, and his redemption didn't come on this side. It came on the other side. His healing came on the other side of the grave. And as a mother, we dream of our children um, knowing the Lord, walking with him deeply, and then seeing them when they do die, which we may or may not experience, but that they would become that, that they would go to heaven when they die. I don't think as a mother I could ask for anything more than knowing that my son is with Jesus. And I take confidence in, in believing that the Lord saw it fit to use my womb to draw him into a closer relationship that also brought other people into an understanding of God's goodness, goodness through Creed's story and through how much we enjoyed him. So I've no doubt in my mind that one day I will see him again and that he is in a far better place than we are today. <laughs> and that his life, even though he didn't live outside of my womb, his life was not lifeless. There was nothing about his life um, that was wasted. And I'm so proud to call him my son for that reason because I can tell you the stories of many other moms and dads who have sons in their 40s, 50s, 60s and have wasted their life. Well, nothing of my son's life was wasted, and I'm proud proud of that. Um, now, you may be wondering, so what's what happened since then? Well, after we had Creed, God did give us... Um, a couple of little miracles and um, I became pregnant um, with two baby girls and I have those twin girls with me now and they're beautiful and healthy and are exactly 18 months old and so we are the proud parents of, of his two younger sisters Alexis, 
Creed DeSaw and Ashley Grace DeSaw. And so we couldn't be more grateful to see how the Lord has brought redemption in our story um, as though God allowed for me to become a mother through my pregnancy and, and giving birth to my son Creed. He was my first child. My my baby girls, you know, I'm, I'm so privileged to get the opportunity to be their mom and, and to raise them on this side of the grave. And um, I, I know that we will come upon hard times again. And I know that pain in my life is not over. And on this side of the grave, there is suffering and it does make me long for eternity all the more. And so when I look at, when I look at my life, I just know that I can't, um, I won't be able to do this life without Jesus. There's just no, nothing of this world that I could do without him. Having gone through such sadness and dark times, I know that there, he is my hope and he does bring comfort in times of despair. And I, I want to say one more thing. If you're suffering or dealing with a great deal of grief or someone in your life has died or if somebody in your life is going to die, um, a lot of people gave us recommendations from books and different things like that that, you know, some were good and some were just horrible. Um, but I will say one book that um, really ministered to us was called A View from the Hearse. And it's by a guy named Joseph Bailey. Um, and I hope that that book brings comfort to you in your grief. Thank you again for this opportunity. Amira, thank you so much for being willing and vulnerable enough to share your story with us today. I know we were talking before the podcast started about how thinking back on our stories of grief bring about so many emotions. And even though we think about the person that we have lost all the time, every day, when you're dwelling on the feelings that you had then and all of the emotions, it just stirs inside of you those feelings of pain again. So I really appreciate you being willing to go back and visit those. A couple of things that you said that really stuck with me were that growth happens in the pain And that suffering and pain gives us credibility. It draws us closer to others and to God. And I know in my own pain and suffering, I have found that to be so true. Thank you for reminding us of those truths today. Thank you, listeners, for taking the time to be kind and listen. In the episode details for this podcast, I have included the links to the book Amir referenced and also her husband's blog post. 